All right, uh, hello and welcome to the Swedish Effect. Uh, my name is Jacob and today I am here with my friend Andreas, uh, who has hello. recently been in Iraq. Andreas, how are you? Uh, I'm just fine. I, I was uh, really like uh, encouraged by you asking me to, to be in your pod, so this is really... Uh, it's gonna be interesting, I think, yeah. Uh, we've been friends for many years. Uh, we met in 2006 in the start of an organization that works with uh, youths and young adults and uh, we've been friends since yeah. that. Yeah, quite some time now. Uh, before we jump into the topic, maybe you can start tell us a little about uh, your background and yourself. Well, I'm, uh, I am a pharmacist. But that's like uh, really far from what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm more like a journalist or a videographer. I do a lot of video work for, for a Swedish organization, Christian organization called EFS or SEM in uh, English. So I work with videos and interviewing people and like trying to communicate. So. And why did you travel to Iraq? Oh, um, so yeah, we um, in my organization we had this um, really like our hearts were were crushed uh, 2014. You know where when ISIS broke out and like all uh, hell broke loose, broke loose, <laughs> um, and uh, and I mean that was. A process for us to be just like oh here it's something we need to to take action on so uh, directly from that point we tried to to um, gather money and I was in, involved in that uh, process of like uh, fundraising to to make money for the the refugees in um, Iraq mainly to have uh, to have all the basic needs like so we we uh, uh, since that we had we have great great relations in Iraq uh, working with the refugees in Duhok and also yeah it's like um, our organization has, has uh, really taken the people of Iraq to to their hearts so yeah it's it's been an interesting so this journey what um, I need to say is uh, it's like a follow-up for from that project and uh, and also like to to really get video content out to the Swedish people to to like to see how is this situation right now and and what do the Christians in this nation I mean Christians have been in Iraq for like 1800 years mm. at least mm. and they have always been like these peacemakers but now since this crisis Almost 85% of them has, has left, left the country. And uh, the few ones who are uh, still there, it's, it's like the... Um, it's, it's really painful to see this process and that uh, the Western world, they don't really like pinpoint... They're like... Um, they don't talk about this. Uh, that it's actually a, a prosecution also against uh, minorities like Christians and, and Yazidis and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, where in Iraq did you go? 
mainly in the northern parts. So if you don't know the demography in, in Iraq, it's uh, you could divide it almost in into separate parts because of the different governments uh, like uh, so the northern parts is mainly the area where, where the the Kurds are uh, like in uh, leadership. So. Um, and they uh, th themselves they they call this the Kurdistan. It's uh, almost like a separate region. So it's it's really different from Iraq, Iraq, <laughs> that mainly governed by by other majorities. So mainly Muslims and stuff. Uh, yeah, in Kurdistan as well. But yeah. Can you mention any cities you were close to or in? So yeah, we mainly we were in Dahuk, uh, but we also went to a monastery really close to Mosul. So Mosul is a really important place if you know about ISIS because it's uh, it's where ISIS like announced their uh, Islamic uh, caliphate, I don't, I don't know the English word, but the, the, the Islamic nation of ISIS. Uh, and they, they, they proclaimed it from that city and from that city it's uh, like they tried to to establish an Islamic state, but now it is fallen, at least uh, by the the like papers. No, I don't, yeah, it's quite a mess there right right now. Yeah, uh, I it I still is. Yeah. yeah, it's still, but it's it's quite calm in those areas where we went. It was a lot of like uh, guards and security points, you know, mm. all these soldiers all everywhere. <laughs> uh, but in um, certain areas, they, they they were really like investigating who we were and what we were there for and what we would aim to do before we got got into certain villages and stuff like that. But we had contacts and they they knew the places, so we we got there. Yeah, and we always felt safe, even though I mean, the area is really like, yeah, it has some tensions. Yeah. Uh, the first day when you when you came there, uh, what mm. did you see? What what did you hear? What what was your impressions? Well, like, I mean, it's really different um, from what you see on the television like in the media or stuff in those areas where we went it has not been like really war in that sense uh, I, I mean Erbil is quite safe uh, so I mean a lot of buildings is really like uh, like in the western world and you can walk in the streets and, and feel safe but uh, but if you do just go like a few few Tenth of kilometers uh, from that city in inwards, uh, you will immediately see a lot of uh, demolished houses and stuff like that. But also a lot of like rebuilding things. There were a lot of roads rebuilding, uh, uh, and and a lot of building sites where a lot of activity is going on. So it's it's a positive trend. But uh, yeah. Uh, what kind of people did you meet? Was it uh, mainly Christians? Was it politicians? Like, what kind of people did you? Well, yeah, I mean, the most of most of the the relations we had with this uh, people is through the Christian community. I mean, there is a large um, 
there is a presence of, of mainly like Orthodox Christians that uh, has been there a long time, but uh, and still is, is working towards like trying to yeah build up their their churches and the community that has been so such like demolished and and abused and like pressured from everywhere, but they still want to to stay. <laughs> so yeah. wow. Wow. But it's a, it's a changing process. It's it's difficult to make the, all the Christians stay because everyone feel these tensions. But um, like the organization that, that we work with, a lot of them they have fled themselves, like the workers in this organization. But uh, and some has fled like to the to Europe or to to USA or other countries. But they some of them they come back just to like. Uh, try to state like we uh, to keep the hope alive like we we don't want to leave just because uh, these groups trying to to force us out it's like uh, yeah the organization you mentioned it before can you say it again um that you were working with in okay. iraq uh, it's it's called kapni and it's um i think it's the kurdish word for or arabic word for hope so it's uh, they are okay. really trying to to establish peace between groups and trying to find the roots of the problems and trying to work that, uh, from that way up. So when you met people there, how how was they? Were they angry? Were they sad? Did they have hope? Or I mean, we met a lot of different kinds of people, uh, mainly what we talked about is uh, some kind like the the state of uh, for instance one of the, the people he, they one of the guys he, he said a really good quote that like like we we might be helpless here but we we are never hopeless uh, yeah. and that sums up a lot of what the people we met uh, wanted to say like um there's a lot of people like they have been through such rough experiences and uh, it's it's tricky for them to just like feel that the west has uh, really been there for them or like i mean the the, the, the uh, like fn and un and uh, EU and all these uh, supposed to be like protecting democracy and uh, other stuff but they have been such like felt that they, they have been left but, uh, but still like uh, and families broken apart by 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 what's happened and uh, a lot of like stories about what they've been through but still it's it's not like when i go to out on the streets and put up, up, up a camera a lot of people are really like uh, interested in and and uh, totally calm that we um, take photos and making interviews it's, it's it was really e much easier than i thought it would be uh, and a lot of people want to talk about this they want to to say this is what we experience so that was a surprise for me, yeah. 
so, so a normal day, what, yeah. what did you do? Well, we, we had a really rough schedule, like a tough schedule. Uh, how, long, how long were you there? We were there for one week and okay. we had like three interviews each day, <laughs> almost. Uh, and different sites we wanted to, to visit and uh, capture video and uh, an interview. So, so it, it was really hectic, but um, a lot of impressions and like... Uh, a lot of stories, storytelling, and uh, and just to be able to process that, it was so intense during the period we were there. So so it, um, I'm still like processing stuff that I've experienced. Yeah. You mentioned that um, that you met the Orthodox uh, and that they have been there a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, did you meet other denominations or churches yeah, too? Yeah, there are. Um, several others like uh, evangelicals and uh, and catholics as well um, and um, i got to meet one one uh, i mean the evangelic church there the protestant church is, is not really that huge it's really small but uh, but those that we met they were really like we if we if we need to sacrifice our lives uh, because of the gospel and stuff like that. We are willing to do that. I mean, it's it's more important that we are clear with the, the message, and then that we uh, save our own skins. So uh, even the pastor in that church, he was like, "No, no, it, it's okay to be interviewed and like." Uh, I mean, yeah. So so that was really like inspiring to meet those people because they they really are on the uh, like. Uh, verge of death. It's it's a presence there. So uh, the churches and uh, the the priests and pastors uh, that you did meet. Uh, what do they do to help uh, to help people? Well, mostly. If if you if I. Um, talk about the organization they they are really keen on like i mean there are a lot of help workers or um, help organizations within iraq uh, but a lot of them are really like focused on one group or like like if, if it's a muslim uh, help organization they mainly focus on muslims they might help others as well but the main focus is muslims and others like they really focus on not like discriminating the the groups that, that they are helping so they are helping the ones that has the most need and uh, in that case most of them are yazidis so the the, the yazidis are the people that has has been like driven out of from everything that they own so they they live in like uh, um, small houses with the plastic bags on the roof like it's it's really not a good situation for them so i mean a lot of other christians they have also fled but they have also christian that that uh, they can live with or but these areas they it's too many yasidis for them to to be able to live among yasidis i mean and yeah 
you said you did a lot of interviews with people. Mm. Uh, are there are there some interviews that were extra interesting or special or th- that yeah. that you can tell? I tell mean, us about? Um, I mean, we we'll, we met a lot of people that has met a lot of prosecution because of their minority like um, group, but um, we also met a specific group that has been through even worse uh, discrimination or prosecution because they they meet prosecution or even death among their own families. And that is the ones that, during this process, uh, converts to another religion. So mm-hmm. uh, I met some people that has been Muslims, and then they found, uh, then they met Jesus. <laughs> A lot of them through dreams, actually. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 got to meet someone that they didn't know, but they 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 and they try to like, who is this one? Uh, who who is this man? And uh, found out that Jesus is that person. And it's like, uh, but also like Yazidis. I, I mean, <clears throat> they have been prosecuted not only by their faith, but also by, by ethnicity. So like, um, I had one interview with one uh, Yazidi guy. He was. Um, uh, he was saying that a lot of Muslims trying to to uh, like kill them or uh, discriminate them because they they the Muslims believe in their faith that Yazidis are devil worshippers. Uh, but also like and, and this man he he converted from Yazidi faith uh, to Christianity uh, through a dream. That he when he met Jesus, uh, and uh, he he once is uh, he has really been on death, <laughs> um, not death sentence, but how do you say? Like people wanted to kill him, mm. uh, and they they kidnapped his wife and his son, and uh, and every like he had some fellow fellowship with other Yazidis that also had converted because of him but um, they all fled uh, but he choose, chose to stay just to be present and not like and, and wait for for uh, try to find his wife and son so I mean this group is really I mean if, if the prosecution was high before it is even worse for them because they even the their brothers and sisters they they really are threatened but really interesting to hear their stories like how why did did you become a christian like was it worth all this pain i mean you know what was coming if you 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 would like convert but still you did it why and, and that was really like emotional i was uh, moved by by a lot of the stories so yeah and th- and that also like puts a point on on um, the genuine faith that the, these people have i mean they knew what was on the line i mean uh, they knew that they might meet their death 
if they converted, but still like they couldn't avoid this calling that they felt was the truth. I mean, uh, and it's really powerful to meet these these people. Yeah. How are the Christians and churches relationship to, to the Muslims uh, now? Is it still persecution going on, or is it better now when yeah. ISIS uh, or when ISIS has been almost defeated at least? Uh, it was really interesting. One of the families we we interviewed, they they had fled from uh, Mosul and was really threatened by the life. Uh, one of the father's brother has was like like uh, dragged on the uh, on the ground and really like uh, tortured. Um, but still, and we asked them, but like, when you've been so prosecuted, like uh, from ISIS, in the name of Islam, how how do you relate to, to other Muslims today? Like, is is that affected in any way? And they said, like, no. The, the thing is that they had friends, good Muslim friends, that they have contact with in Mosul that they continuously like talk to and they are saying to, to the, the family like come back I mean Mosul is not the same without you and, and almost they said like I mean Mosul it, it's a garden but uh, it's without so, flowers you are the flowers of this garden so uh, and that was really mo moving to see that it's I mean they are prosecuted because of their face, but but still, it ha there are Muslims also that don't agree with all that's happening. I mean, yeah. Are there things that uh, organizations can do that uh, politicians cannot do? That's a really interesting question. I'm in some way politicians cannot come to that place and be like not uh, partisan uh, in one way or another but uh, but the church can I believe I mean uh, the, the thing is one thing you have to to understand with these people that I mean when when they like was driven out of, of uh, Mosul in these areas a lot of them they didn't want to go to FN camps and, and different like refugee sites. UN, yeah, UN. Um, but they all turned to, to the Christians because those were the, the people that had stayed, those were the reliable, like those that they relied on and have had faith on and like uh, that always been there for them and, and stuff like that. So. Um, and and what politicians in the West don't really get, I believe, is that if you want to help these people, uh, you need to to consider the the church as a, a way to reach them, because uh, like they have history of oh, eighteen hundred years in this place. I mean, they they really know the people, and the, the people trust them. Uh, so w why don't we consider them as a good like partner in this situation? How, how would you say that uh, that the trip to Iraq uh, has 
been uh, affecting you or influenced you? Do, do you see things in another way now when you I mean, come home? Yeah, when people talk about this area and, and the, like Kurdish people or uh, such, I feel for them like my brothers. No. I have faith faces, I have persons, I have relationships with these people. And that's, I mean, that is really changing everything for me. For those out there listening, uh, mm -hmm. what can they do to help? If, if they want to help people in, in Iraq and in Syria, mm. how can they help? I think that what actually would make a difference that is through politicians. Like, if if we want to come to a solution to this problem, you have to have the 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 world government pressuring these countries to to make some reforms that will enforce democracy. <laughs> But. Um, in the meantime, the views or the, the, the hearts of the people need to also change and to, to, to make the different groups uh, that are dividing these countries right now, trying to make them see each other, appreciate each other and uh, cherish the relationships with each other. And, and one way to do that is to, to just work with, with young people and also like and to broaden the views of people like try to understand because uh, one one thing we we talked much about with this organization company is that <clears throat> i mean uh, it has been so divided uh, between these different groups that they don't really know how minorities feel or what they even believe in or like all these um questions uh, and and try to like pressure the 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 government to to actually take this in consideration when they do the curriculum in the schools and stuff like that uh, because if the people start to see each other and to start to like make relationships uh, in a deeper sense that will in time break these like uh, destructive um, hierarchies that are in this, these societies. So, uh, and one way to do that is to to support organizations like Capni because they they are really trying to to solve these problems. And you can find them on on the internet. Yeah, you can find them on the internet. Um, I don't know the, the address or something, but uh, if you um, search on Capni as a, like C A P N A I, you you will most certainly find it, find them. So, and also you can give through SEM also, like my organization, they provide for them. Yeah. We've been this, uh, talking about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, it has been interesting to just hear a little how it was in Iraq. You can write us um, on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on The Swedish Effect. And on Twitter, it's The Swedish Effect.
so you can write if you have any questions uh, for us there. Yeah, I think that was all for this time. Uh, Andreas, thank you very much for that you came and that mm. you talked about Iraq. Mm. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, I think that was all. Uh, we hope you all out there have a great week and see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.